it's either a good relationship or it isn't. It's either a big pumpkin or it's gonna suck you dry and kill the others. You decide. You're smart, you're motivated. You wanna do something big. You're on the verge of being a young boss and we're gonna help you get there. I'm your host, Isabel Barino, and welcome to the Young Boss Podcast, where youth is your power. If you thought that running your own business would be sunshine and rainbows, that you would always have dreamy, perfect clients, and that you'd never have to turn away business because of someone's character, well, chances are by now you've learned there's a lot of storms to weather as a young boss. This week, we're talking about terrible client experiences, which are inevitable. Business is built on relationships and sometimes relationships can go sour. Before we talk about how to handle these experiences, I wanna share some personal experiences with you first. So I was at the hairdresser the other day and the lady next to me was bitching about her hair color. Typical, right? We, we've all been at the stylist where we hear somebody there who's just complaining, complaining, complaining. And her stylist, who had 45 years of experience, asked to see the client's reference photo after completing the color treatment. And based on what, you know, she was seeing, it literally matched her head perfectly. The reference photos matched what she gave perfectly. But to the client, it wasn't what she wanted. And at a certain point, she was face first in a buffet of adjectives. More ash, a little more shiny, light at the front, but not so bleachy blonde look. Golden honey tone with almost that blue, gray, white blonde. You know, just like the photo. Like, what are you even trying to say, lady? I was dying as I was sitting there. I was just biting my tongue. I felt so much frustration in my own body. And I turned to my stylist and I said, how often does this happen? And she was like, way more than you think. So let's talk about it. Terrible client experiences. For me, my first one happened with a couple who had come through our training. And as I was checking them out and they were signing up for one of our larger packages, you know, I'm I'm excited, I'm congratulating them. And then the salesman who works with me, and at the time we were coworkers, he's saying, well, I gave them all these extra benefits and all these extra perks. And I was like, um, that's not approved. And the way operation and sales often work with each other is that good guy, bad guy situation where the sales guy's just trying to be the good guy, sweeten the deal, throw it all in there. And me as the operations director at the time, I was like, that's not going to work. This is against protocol. I can't do that. And you know, it, I would have to really get a lot of approval to make this happen. And, and this is not going to work. And so I'm explaining that to the customer, like, hey, we're not able to do that, but maybe we could do this and trying to, you know, put them first and make sure that their experience was five star. And the customer finally turned to me and they said, you know what? Let's not be childish about all of this. Just give us what we want and we'll sign the documents. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) like like right here in that moment, it was like, oh, we're getting like to, you know, rude comments or degrading name calling. And it was just like childish. Like, I know I'm young, but come on, I'm not being childish. I'm following protocol. I'm following company protocol. And in that situation, you know, I was like, let me go see what I can do for you and just tried to smooth it over. But as we continued to work with that client, it was not the right fit. And so later we ended up having to fire that client. Or there was another situation 
convention where we were at our national convention and I was so excited, you know, to be there um, and be, you know, a part of this huge industry event where we're awarding people who have opened their own care homes. And there was a situation where we had given an award to a gentleman who had opened a home, one of our students. We were so happy for him. And at the cocktail hour after, his wife came up to me screaming and cursing and this close to me saying how terrible of a person I am and how I don't support women because I forgot to put her name on the award and invite her to stage to receive the award. When in my two years of working with them, I had only ever interacted with him. So I wasn't even aware that she was a part of it. And this was a surprise award. It's not that we had told the couple beforehand they were going to be awarded. And we, we, mind you, we're at a cocktail hour in front of 300 people and everyone knows who I am. And she's this close to me cussing and, you know, the spits flying in my face and F you and you're this and you're that and how dare you. And I was just, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, you know, we can absolutely get you another award with your name on it. And the husband's sitting there like, awkward, like just not even helping me out. And it was rough. And eventually, you know, I realized like, this is not the type of client we want to be working with. And later when I was able to elevate it to my boss at the time and basically say, Hey, this is the situation that happened. He went into full blown protection mode and he went up right to that client first thing in the morning and said, you know what? It's actually not the best situation for you guys to be here. We don't work with people who treat myself, my company, my team that way. And we're going to have to ask you guys to leave. And he he actually protected me in that situation. And I think that's really important because sometimes you're getting clients who not only are being rude to you, the boss, but they're being rude to your employees, your independent contractors. And so protecting everyone by firing terrible clients is really, really important. So we're all going to experience these situations at some point, and it's important to know how to handle them with grace and professionalism. The first thing to make sure you do is stay calm. Keep your composure. Some people really just want a negative reaction out of you, so don't give it to them. If things are getting heated, you have to be the one to cool it down. We have to handle each person, each situation with care. If things aren't going well during an interaction, you maybe need to consider that this person isn't feeling seen or heard or respected and dig deep. Find out what their true intentions are. Attack the issue never the person. It's kind of like, you know, how you're never supposed to use you when you're trying to work through an issue with your significant other. It's always I or we. That being said, help them and do everything you can to make them feel better, but also protect yourself and protect your team. You won't always be able to, but as long as you act in good faith, you've done all you can. And when that interaction's over, you can go run and cry in the corner, right? (laughs) It's vital for us to be able to compartmentalize in our minds. Remember that waffle brain? We talked about it a couple weeks back. Separate your ego from the client satisfaction. It can be hard, but it pays off. Do what you have to do in the moment and make your moves later. But you don't ever need to be abused by the client just to please them. Sometimes you have to cut it off. Hey there, are you tired of being an average Joe? The Young Boss Podcast is here to help you shake things up and grab your career by the horns. So hit that subscribe button and let's get things started. Now, back to the show.
let's talk about Mike Michalowicz's book, The Pumpkin Plan. The Pumpkin Plan is a business strategy inspired by the process of growing giant pumpkins. And the strategy suggests that businesses can achieve exceptional growth by focusing on a few key areas, which happen to be similar to how a successful pumpkin grower concentrate their efforts on nurturing a single pumpkin to become as large as possible. You know, those huge ones that are at the fair. It sounds a bit crazy, but just hang in there with me. The main steps of the pumpkin plan involve first identifying your best customers, the big pumpkins, nurturing and serving them exceptionally well, And then second, eliminating unproductive clients, which are the weeds. You've got to cut them off. This allows you to refine your offerings based on your customer feedback and continually focus on your core strengths that drive your business growth. Just as giant pumpkins require careful attention, selective pruning, and a focus on ideal conditions, businesses can achieve great results by concentrating their efforts on their most valuable customers and core competencies. This book is a great read for business owners, especially entrepreneurs. It offers a really good perspective of how to take control of your business because at the end of the day, it is your business and you get to choose who you do business with. So be selective and choose clients based on your preferences, not just on who comes to you. You make those choices, you make those decisions, and you can also fire clients. The pumpkin plan really works. And the crazy thing is you'll see similarities among the different clients you work with. At my company, we found that our highest paying clients who didn't need any payment plans or discounts were not only the easiest to work with, but they actually took our advice. They took initiative and got their assisted living homes up and running, and they never complained along the way. Not to mention, they showed up for additional events and continued to be a part of the business family. And guess what? We loved working with them. Every time they called, we were excited to chat, and I never once dreaded a single moment with them. The worst clients also had many things in common. They took forever to pay. Always, always, always asked for discounts or unorthodox payment methods or plans. And they never took initiative to book calls with us. And when we did call them to offer support or, you know, our advice, they didn't take it. They wanted to do what they wanted to do. These people just kept running in circles with their own ideas, never seeking the advice that they paid for. And what's worse, they never opened care homes. And my favorite part, they turned around and left bad reviews, blaming us for not seeing their RALs through. They never came to any additional events and they would make unreasonable requests like asking for more time on their preset packages for no additional payment. You know, going through the pumpkin plan highlighted some of the things that we thought about these bad clients, but were never able to quite nail down. We made a clear list of who we wanted to work with and then went one step further. We'd ask ourselves, what characteristics do they have and how did they find us? Ooh, who referred them to us? Ha ha, that's always fun to find out. Gathering all of this information helped us curate our perfect avatar and where they came from. And now when a client comes to work with us, we use the avatar as a baseline of all the things we're looking for in a client. And if they're not the right fit, we simply won't work with them. And if they are a fit, we welcome them with open arms. Now, I know this might sound a little crazy to say no to new business and higher sales, but you know what is absolutely crazy? Saying yes to someone who tears down your employees, causes increased turnover, wastes your time, energy, and effort, and disrupts your culture. 
if you have the ability to say no, you have more time for the type of people who you want to say yes to. We also completely changed our marketing to only attract these types of people based on what they told us about why they loved working with us and how they found us. Of course, a couple people slipped through the cracks, but like I said earlier, the other part of the book is to fire clients that are not a fit. If someone isn't a fit and you're working with them now, honor the contract and end the relationship as soon as you can. Do not put yourself in harm's way once you've identified that it's not going to be a working business relationship moving forward because it's either a good relationship or it isn't. It's either a big pumpkin or it's going to suck you dry and kill the others. You decide. The last thing we have to talk about in this episode is how to use the trust scale. And we'll use this to pick new clients and to determine the fate of the relationships with the clients you already have. For this, we use the seven C's. C's as in cat, not sea like the ocean, although a beach vacation does sound pretty nice right now. Anyways, first up is character. Is the client a person you trust to do the right thing? Make good decisions? Do they have integrity? Do they own up to their mistakes or do they blame you for their shortcomings? Your clients must be a good character fit for your company. If not, it's likely not going to be a great relationship. Next is competence. Are they good at what they do? Do they produce results that benefit both of your business goals? It's important to align yourself with others who either complement your own skills and competence or share the same level of competence and skills, if not more, than you do at your own craft. The third C is confidence. Does this client constantly obsess over the possibility of failure? Do they have a negative attitude towards things? Are they self-deprecating? People who lack confidence can really bring down the culture of a company, and they're probably the ones you want to avoid if they're always doubting if you can help them achieve their look, their goal, their whatever it is. The fourth is caring. Does this client have the well-being of your business in mind, not just their own? Do they value the information or advice you give them? Or are they using you to get what they want? I think this one is really easy to spot out. The next C is communication. All the C's are important, but this one is vital. Do you have strong communication with the client or you know, do you have to stay on top of them for updates and replies? It's imperative that you have open, honest, constant lines of communication with your clients. Batting sixth is consistency. Do they meet deadlines? Are they punctual? Do they communicate clearly and efficiently? Do they deliver positive results the vast majority of time? Are they reliable? You know, you want to work with partners and clients who are consistent and reliable, and they're the ones that'll carry your business, especially if you are an event-based business and they're saying, we'll be there, we'll be there, and five minutes before the event, oh, sorry, we can't make it, or an appointment-based business, you know how much that can kill your business because if they're not going to be consistent, that's money left on the table. Lastly, lucky number seven is commitment. Is this client committed to their business? Do they share the long-term goals with you? Are they committed to your relationship? Do they make sacrifices where they need to in order to achieve success? Think about any long-term partners you've had. There's a certain point in your relationship where you talk about commitment and what that looks like and what your roles are. And yeah, you should have those conversations with your clients and partners. You want someone who's committed 
to you, not someone who's going to get their hair done from you and tomorrow from somebody else and keep bouncing around. You want commitment. What I love about this method is that you can carry this with you throughout your professional and personal interactions and relationships with people. Trust is earned, not given. And it's important to recognize that sooner than later. It's hard to earn and hard to be earned from. We talked about a lot in this episode, but just to recap, these are the big things that's important to take away from today. Firstly, bad clients exist and we all run into them. Don't let your ego get in the way of your positive solutions, but don't take abuse either. Next, use the pumpkin plan to map out similarities among clients you love and the clients you hate and stick to the things that you see in the clients you love. Lastly, use the trust scale to gauge the clients you work with on whether the business relationship is positive or negative. And if it's negative, cut it off. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Young Boss Podcast with me, Isabel Garino. Be sure to like, share, and follow on TikTok and Instagram and let me know, have you ever fired a client? Yeah! Remember, youth is your power. 